Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Adam Copeland started this week's episode of AEW Collision. I don't care, man. This stuff rules. Also, welcome, minor Freunder. That isn't how you say that at all. Why, welcome to Ups and Downs. It's just a review show. It's just a recap show. It's just me telling you what I thought about pro wrestling. I know. Who the flub am I? That's what social media says all the time. Who? Like it's the new day. Let's up those doubts. But yeah, everybody's annoyed that Adam Copeland recently has been fighting random people because there's not good with Adam Copeland and doesn't feel like a star anymore. I ain't gonna worry about stuff like that. I just love that all these AEW originals are facing off against the former Edge, because how the hell did we get here? Do you know how fun it must be for this guy as well? Because at one time, like 25 years ago, whatever, he was the dude in the locker room going, oh my gosh, I had to take on this veteran, and now he's the veteran taking on the young people in the locker room. That is called a full circle, and I'm pretty sure it's what the Lion King was about. Anyway, Copeland did carry on his open challenge, and who came out to answer it? Lee Moriarty and Shane Taylor. We also had this really cool video for Lee. He clearly spent the weekend editing this up, but it told you why he is going to be so good. It told you why you should care. And then these two had a fight and it was just good stuff. Now Adam started off the far better of the two because he hit a full Nelson slam, which I always enjoy. And he hit a reverse DDT. I was like, man, he's got all the moves. At this point, I was like, man, why is everyone making all this noise? Because once again, the commentators were letting us know Adam Copeland is doing this so he can climb his way back up to the TNT title. Though he did make a huge mistake when he tried to go to the top rope. And of course, Moriarty pulled him down. And then Shane Taylor was like, wait a minute, I'm here to cast distraction. And he cast the distraction. This is the worst idea that he could have done. Because Adam hopped over the top rope and he speared his ass. I tell you, that Taylor take a good bump. And the whole time Moriarty was going for the Border City stretch, because in that video, he was like, ha ha, I'm going to tap you out, Adam Copeland. But clearly he hadn't thought this through at all, and he forgot that Copeland had an elbow. So he basically smashed Lee in the face, where he applied his cross-face finisher, which he is trying to get across as his ultimate submission move, and he got the tap-out win. Good for him. Copeland got the microphone and reminded us, Chris Cage, I'm coming after you. So I'll take all of this. And I hope next week we do do Adam Copeland versus Shane Taylor. Then do Adam Copeland versus, I don't know, Ethan Page. There you go. There's a name that came into my head. I'd love him to be back on Dynamite or Collision. I'm giving it up. Come at me. FDR and Danny Garcia were then backstage because they will be teaming in the main event. 
because they now have a common enemy, the House of Black. Now, Dax Harwood admitted, hey, man, we don't really know each other, so who knows how this will go, when Garcia was like, man, I just need to get revenge for all of my friends. You can just smell it. You can feel it. 2024 is going to be the year for Dan. And I think he's totally going to smash it. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara also cut a promo here because they were going to take on and lose to Big Bill and Ricky Starks in Battle of the Belts, which is very sad that we can't cover today because I've totally run out of time. And the only thing I didn't get about this is we made the point of reminding everyone, oh, hi, at the BOTB, only one title has ever changed hands. And Sam, that was because of you. And just for the moment, there is a lot of wrestling programming on TV. So I don't think it's a great idea to tell people, hey, on the Battle of the Belts in like five years or whatever it's ever been. A championship has only just changed hands once. It's not a big deal. Who the flub cares? Nobody. And I'm being a massive nerd here. But I just think it has to get it down. Sometimes these things irk me. I don't know. Maybe I got up on the wrong side of a bed. But if you do have a show called Battle of the Belts, every now and then, a belt should change hands. But they got one of the most random matches ever, until I was reminded. But it was Lance Archer and the Righteous taking on the Mogul Embassy. Where'd that come from? I think the Ring of Honor six-man titles on the line too. So of course somebody was mounting down on the insect. We can never possibly merge AEW and ROH. Oh well, yeah, we got reminded on Dynamite, Lance and Brian, our accountant friends, they had fallen out. I was like, okay, that works for me. Also, given that the ROH six-man titles don't really feel like a thing at the moment, I was a bit like, well, maybe they could change hands. And why not? We just talked about this. Have some fun. My absolutely favorite part though is that Archer and Cage started this. And while they could have gone big men, Slapping man meat. They went, no, look how agile we are. Because they went all head scissors and crossbodies when Vincent and Khan got into it. And actually, fair play to all of these guys. At the start, the crowd was a bit like, I refuse to react to this. But by the end, they were popping their shoes. Well, Touch and Tealeona then got into it too, which is where the tag klaxon triggered, which was very early on. But they all heard the noise, ha, and they all went at each other. It all finished because Dutch was able to hit a dive when Archer went to hit the blackout. But Prince Nile was like, no, man. And he started grabbing people's feet to prevent this. I was like, well, that is one way to do it. This was mostly so Jake Roberts could go and smash Prince Nana right in the face. When the Gates of Agony were able to hit their Open the Gates finish, I presume. But they only got a one 2 ooh because it got broken up. I do beg the question, what the flub are they so obsessed with Gates for? Ultimately, Archer made sure he murked everybody because he does want everyone to die. Which left us with Khan and Vincent and all the thing. Can't hit a pedigree, and he got the one, two, three. And I was like, good for him, man. He never gets the pit. So now I presume all of this is building to Lance Archer versus Brian Cage. And I told you, I'm just going to do the signs. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought this was a good time. Nice to feature new people. Poor people were then mad afterwards because Prince Nana was like, ha <laughs> Bullet Club Gold. Jay White couldn't even beat Swerve Strickland. So how are you going to beat us? And later on, Bullet Club Gold, right? We accept your challenge. So we are doing that on Wednesday. And talking about the Ring of Honor tag titles, excuse me, six-man titles again, I actually think we should give it to Jay and the Guns. Because why the flub not? We then had a Preston Vance interview because, of course, he was going to face Orange Cassidy and lose a battle of the belts. Which is when Roderick Strong walked in and reminded him, well, if you do win, I'll be coming after you. But he didn't win, so now Strong still has to go after the piece of fruit because he wants to be the international champion. When we had another out-of-nowhere match, 
Dustin Rhodes versus Willie Mack. I love these two, and when I saw they were gonna face, I started doing the dance of joy. But I just think sometimes we could take 30 seconds on Dynamite and have them have a little bit of an interaction just to set up what's gonna happen at the weekend. I mean, maybe Dustin accidentally painted Mack's fence the wrong color, and Willie is like, now you have ruined my house, so now we have to fight. Like, we did this with Red Velvet with Diana Prazzo, which also happened later on, and I thought they just added a little bit of something something, once again, so really stupid down. Just in one of those moods, but I said the word down. Otherwise, though, flub yeah. Because they started by smashing each other's face in when Willie Mack did a standing shooting star press. This guy, he's like a hoss, but he flies around the ring like it's so damn effortless. Somebody should sign properly, Willie Mack. He also tried to follow up with a splash of the frogs, but it sucked to be him because Dustin got out of the way when he hit that Canadian destroyer. And I decided to watch this in slow motion because I just do these things. Holy crap, did they smash that. They then just tried to one-up each other until, of course, Dustin Rhodes got the final cut and the one, two, three. And actually, it was going to tie to something that's going to happen in around about 10 minutes. But this was just an enjoyable time. If I'm going to take my entertainment dollars and spend them, well, obviously, I want to be entertained. Otherwise, what are we doing? Ah. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. We then saw Hook arriving at the building and everyone was surprised. I looked, man, you may not have been scheduled and you may have wonderful hair, but it still counts as late when Ray Pacat did indeed go and find Dustin Rhodes. Now, he got interrupted by Christian Cage and the patriarchy, so I was so excited. And of course, Christian was all like, oh, look who it is, Dustin Rhodes. I bet you'd like to face me. Although, even if you won, your dad wouldn't be around to see it. <laughs> this guy. Now we are going to do the TNT Championship on Wednesday and it goes to show that I just talked about this. You can do these short little bursts. I mean, mostly Rhodes was mad at Christian because he had too much bass in his voice and Christian was mad because he didn't have a father. I won't talk about this anymore. It becomes too awkward. We'll see it in a few days. And speaking of getting wins, that was the theme of this episode of Collision because it was Hangman Adam Page 
taking on JD Drake of the Workhorse Men. Now we shall talk about this again later, but I do understand what we were doing here. If Hangman Adam Page is going to go after Samoa Joe in his world title, he needs a better win-loss record. I mean, Joe talked about this last week. It's also really cool because Swerve Strickland had also got a victory on Rampage. So you can see what they're doing here. They are mirroring each other and they are going to be the Batman and the Joker. This was also way better than I expected because when the bell rent, they just punched each other in the face. When Hangman decided, you know what? I'm going to hit the 10 punch in the corner because 1980s rules. You also hear Moonsault on a shooting star press. This is when I sat there. And I smoked my fake cigar and I thought, man, this cowboy, he is pretty damn good. He also booted Drake into tag team partner Anthony Henry, which he should not have done. Because when he went to the dive, these two remembered they are best of buds. They got each other out of the way and Hangman took a fall. There was then more distraction because Henry went after Paige's leg. I understand what we're doing here is to try and create some jeopardy. But in no universe did everything Hangman had Paige going to lose. It really was a good showcase for him, though, although he wasn't able to hit the dead eye. And then very sadly for JD, when he tried to capitalize, he totally missed a moonsault. Sucks to be you. It was the door opening for Hangman, though, as he was able to eventually hit the buckshot Larry and get the one, two, three. And I tell you, if we do do Paige versus Swerve versus Joe, and it's not the best thing ever, I will be totally surprised. Could be one of the best matches in AEW history. It's getting it up. Good match. When we then went back to what I was talking about earlier, because it was Deonna Prato versus Red Velvet, and yeah, they had basically fallen out because Deonna wanted to have a good debut, and Red Velvet's like, well, you're not going to piss on my parade. Let's fight. I think it read both of them up too, because this was really good. We also had leg lariats, arm drags, and arm bars to begin with, and because Red got on the wrong side of that, she grabbed Deonna's arm, and she snapped it over the ropes, she was like, you don't mess with me. Wonderfully, Deonna came back with a side Russian leg sweep, which we never see, when, of course, she too was trying to work on the arms, because that's tied into her finisher. So I shouted out, it's a war of the arms. What the flub does that mean? Velvet did have a great plan, though, which was to try and turn everything into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. She has been away for a while. Didn't work. So instead, they just traded for a little bit and remind you that Deonna Prazzo is a great talent and that Red has got so much better. But very sadly, she did end up in the Venus de Milo, which is like a double arm bar. She had to tap out or submit. She was screwed. So Deonna has been a really good signing and Red Velvet's another person we absolutely have to push in 2024. This was good stuff. Up. When we did it for a third time. Now look, I love seeing Hook on my TV and I love seeing his wonderful hair and I am so pumped for him versus Samoa Joe because you can go in two totally different directions. One, Samoa absolutely runs through him and Hook has to kind of restart from the bottom, which is always a good story. Or they have a really close match and they kind of get you. Thing is though, Hook was facing Kevin Matthews here and you don't know who Kevin Matthews is. So he got totally ruined. He got hit in the red rum and he eventually tapped out. What we were doing here, we were trying to give Hook wins so he feels like a more credible threat. So I'm going to give it an up, but I think when it comes to collision, not every single match should be like a proving grounds of sorts. Because on this evening, we did indeed use Adam Copeland, Hangman Adam Page and Hook to get easy wins to tie in what they're going to do next. This is what I mean about sprinkling a little bit of other story in there. It would just make it more justified, whatever that means. I'm going to give it a down. I mean, it's just the law of diminishing returns and after a while you can't unsee it. And look, we do have Dynamite on a Wednesday. You could have easily plopped one of these in there. I also think it ties into the fact that AEW is just at its best when it's like a catapult of madness, which ties into the main event. Because, oh my goodness. Because it was FTR and Daniel Garcia taking on House of Black. And look, everybody in this was brilliant. But FTR, I tell you, they wrestle every single match like it's going to be their last. 
That's why they're one of the best tag teams ever. I honestly think I could sit back and watch this every single day of the week and find something new to take away with it. And we had Matt Menard on commentary. So what more do you need? Next, Howard and Buddy Matthews started things off when Daniel Garcia and Malachi Black got in there. And Danny got out of the way of Malachi moves by doing his sit taunt. So Black basically mocked his dance. And I was like, that's it, we peaked. Buddy and Garcia got into it and they just make it all look so damn effortless when we also had Cash Wheeler versus Brody King. And this Cash, I tell you, he just goes absolutely crazy and it's a joy. You also summoned Dax back in there and they started whipping everybody's ass because they are a tag team. When Harwood found himself in a very precarious position, he was like, you're not my friend, you're not my friend, you're not my friend, and the house murked him. He also got absolutely murdered after this tree slam courtesy of Brody. And do you know what King did before he hit that? He went, rah! That was a weird thing to do. It also reminded me that we do not talk about the fact that Harwood is such a good seller because he probably looked in pain here when he was able to scramble to his corner. He got the hot tag to Daniel Garcia. And of course, he ran wild. I also started screaming, 2024 is your year. Because again, I have massive problems. And he took out the entire field, including Brody King. He worked on the fact he's still got a gammy arm. Around this time, two FTR had taken their Phoenix down, so Cash was back with a dive, and Dax was back with a brain buster. And I did it again. I just sat there like Christmas going, ha ha ha, they're so good. FTR and Garcia then hit a triple pile driver, which absolutely potty. When, of course, this totally broke down. It was like, you do a move, I do a move. Everybody does a move. But Malachi got fed up, and he just took Garcia's head off with a kick. I generally thought I'd see it roll on the floor. It was just back and forth after this when Dax hit a flipping Steinerizer of all things for a one two. Then it was just maneuver, counter transition, reversal. I realized that I was never going to be as good as that. Black was able to kind of turn the tides because he did hit a moonsault to the outside. And then in the ring, Buddy Matthews was hitting a double powerbomb. And what I mean is, he hit Dax hard with one, Dax kicked out, so he did it again. I was like, I like that. Spam and repeat. Harwood was able to reverse one of these into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, though. And as soon as Matthews kicked out, he killed it with a power driver. The cell job on that, he pinged up to the start. The problem, though, was that by this point, Garcia and Cash were kind of dealing things on the outside. Whereas once again, Dax Harwood had the numbers game against him. So he got hit with the black mass and the curve stomp. One, two, three. Ship. Who even cares though, because it was so good. And of course, after this, the House of Black were like, ha ha, now we shall kill daddy magic, which allowed the good guys to return to the ring. And they just whipped everybody's ass. Also hit this amazing three-way shatter machine onto Brody King, which looked awesome. And of course, now this feud must continue. I told you, I need this. Hook it up to my veins. Up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of Collision. And there was some good stuff on it, but man, it was propped up by this fantastic main event. If you do have 15 to 20 minutes today, I absolutely tell you to watch it. It's getting up. Now, of course, please do make sure you click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs of TNA hard to kill. There was a lot of wrestling yesterday. I did the best I could. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Leave a comment telling me how wrong I am, as always. But mostly, it is Monday. It's the start of a brand new week. Have a terrific one, my friends. And I will see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. 
I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.